fundraisers, I'm Don Lego, and it's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and those thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. I am super excited, um, Fearless Fundraisers and all of our Raise Nation Radio uh, listeners to welcome back to the show the one and only Taylor Shanklin, um, who probably needs no introduction. She's everyone's friend, everyone's thought leader, and everyone's nonprofit go-to. And she's back for uh, a second interview with us, and we're glad to have her. Hi, Taylor. How are you doing today? Hey, Don, it's good to be here. I've got a question for you. Can okay. I get whatever you are taking in your coffee? Because <laughs> you've just got the energy today. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's I think, uh, you know, you put on these uh, earphones and you you put like a Yeti mic in front of you. And I don't know, snap, crackle, pop, something happens. So um, I guess maybe I was also excited to have you because I just know what you bring to the table. And I know our audience will love to hear it. But I just like introduced you as a friend. So can you give us the real elevator pitch? Um, I can't imagine people don't know you. But for those that might not, let's refresh their memory. You know, not everyone knows me and that's okay. It's good to be here. It's good to get to know new people. I am Taylor. My friends call me T Shank. So maybe you've heard that before. <laughs> if you do know me, I have been in the nonprofit tech space for a long time. Like you, Don, I am the founder and CEO of Barlele. We are a branding and marketing agency, and we really specialize in nonprofits and social good companies and small businesses and helping them grow with great branding and really repeatable marketing. Um, sustainable, repeatable. Yes. Sustainable, repeatable, scalable, all of those things we love to say when we're talking about growth. Uh, let's see. I, I call myself an adventure seeker because I... Here's a new title, Director of Adventures. Director of Adventure. There you go. I'm going to give myself a new title. Thank you for that. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't know, because I feel like life is really short. I've had a lot of challenges in my life uh, over the past five years with health, and it's really made me appreciate every single moment and every single day. And that's something that I take with me. I am a mom. Uh, I'm married to an entrepreneur who buzzes around me like a bee all the time. And if you think I move quick, I can't keep up with that man. Um <laughs> And I have a dachshund named Lady. So there you go. She chews everything. She ruins my life, but she's also the most amazing dog I've ever had. <laughs> wow. I love that intro. It's good to get to know you a little personally and professionally at the same time. But if anybody has ever talked to you, you know that that, you know, your, 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 your professional and personal life just collide. It's all one, right? So um, pretty much. Wanna- yeah, we want to get to know you. Now, there's interesting background story about the um, naming of your company. Can you remind me of that? Yeah, bar means only and lele means soaring. So it's uh, the meaning of it is only soaring. That's right. And that's right. It's ha- bar is Swedish and lele is Hawaiian. And I, I mashed those two words together because, hey, why not? 
Yeah, it works. Well, now that reminds me because your other episode, which if the audience um, wants to go scroll through all the 11 streaming channels, you can find Taylor's other episode on Raise Nation Radio. And it, it means just that, letting your fundraising soar. So now I remember why I titled it what I did. So thank you for jogging that memory. But we're going to talk about something a little bit new today, um, leadership. Um, it, gosh, it's a... Um, New, I think it, it has new respect, especially navigating the past couple of years and now the residual of the past couple of years moving into the future, just leading your mission and your cause and the people and the volunteers and, and the donors. It takes quite a special person to have gone through what we went through and to now navigate, you know, the future and things are just changing, constantly changing. So we're so happy to have you so that we can talk about leadership and the qualities of a leader that's kind of required to, you know, grow your mission. So that's a loaded question, but I, you're good. You're good with loaded questions. So I don't mind you asking. I don't mind just throwing it at you. What does a nonprofit need, leader need to look like today to grow their mission and sustain in the future? Yeah. Big question. <laughs> oh, only that, Don. Uh, yeah, just that. Just that, that little thing. 30, 30 <laughs> minutes, right? So I, I think there's a... And it's, I'll start with focus, focusing on the right things in order to grow. So we can talk about a lot of attributes of leaders and there are a lot of different personalities that can be great and make great leaders. What I often see happen is focus on the wrong things, right? We get caught in the day-to-day grind and the nitty-gritty. We get caught in the politics of, you know, how do I tiptoe around this person or this subject or my board? We get caught in these things that allow us to not focus or they take away our focus from the right things. There's one other big thing, and this might shock people, is we focus so much on fundraising and dollars that we lose focus on the right things. And I'm gonna get into what the right things are because I think that we need to focus on things in an opposite direction of how we focus on them. So number one, usually, and I hear this all the time, I don't know, Don, if you agree or not, tell me if you do. We got to get more donors. We got to get more dollars. How much do you hear that? Well, yeah, I mean, how many times yeah. a day? I, I I can't even count it. And I think where you're going with this is that that you shouldn't not focus on it. It's just there's another way to focus on it that's going to lead to the donors and the dollars. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bingo. I'm all ears. You got it. Uh, bingo. So. What happens is we focus so much on the revenue and the fundraising and the dollars and the numbers that we lose focus on the things that actually make that possible to happen. We lose focus on building the right team and the right people. So I refer to it as people. And number people two, first. as process. And number three, I usually call it product, but in the impact space, we'll call it impact. So 
focusing on having the right people in place, supporting those people, being good to them, building a culture that's free of all of the politicking and the, you know, skirting around the issues. Two is process, getting your people in place and then supporting them and empowering them with good process so that they can move through their day in a smooth fashion so that they're not hung up and caught up on, oh, I can't do this thing because I'm not allowed to talk to that person. That's just an example. I've seen this plenty of times in my career. And then the third one is product where we're talking about it as impact. What are you actually doing? Like so often we're focused on all of this other stuff that gets us bogged down that we're not actually able to focus enough time on the impact. What what are we actually bringing to the world? What is our product? You know, is it, is it clean water wells? Is it food for the hungry? Is it a safe space for those who've been abused to go and get help that they need? Right. So that's the product. So if we focus on doing those three things really, really well, the dollars come in and I'm speaking about this from experience. You know, people, I think sometimes when I start to say this, think I'm crazy and they're like, well, you got to focus on what your number goals are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying throw all that. Yeah. Stuff nobody said window. not. Yeah. Nobody said to yeah. throw that out the window. Of course not. Clearly it matters. Okay. But if you focus on those other things first and you make those a really intentional priority to get really, really good at those things, first off, donors are going to want to give to you because you're a successful organization and all of the people working at your organization are excited to be there and you have a good culture. If you've got the right process in place to communicate clearly with your donors and your volunteers and your advocates, well, then you're probably going to do a good job communicating with them. And if you're really focused on what is our impact and how do we communicate that, then you bring them into the story. So that's kind of the way I look at leadership today in terms of, you know, as it relates to actually growing your organization, doing more, having that impact, and yes, getting the dollars that you need in order to facilitate all of those things to happen. Got it. Okay. That's a lot. Um, so where do you start? Um, if, if, because people first, right. I think in fundraising, we're dealing with lots of different peoples. You're dealing with your major donors, you're dealing with your social donors, you're dealing with everything in between and different and general generationally new donors and new mindsets. You're dealing with your board, um, your volunteers, your staff. There's a lot for a nonprofit to think about. So maybe we just focus on, let's just focus on people first, and then we'll get to the other two later in the podcast. But where do you start there with so many different people that you're, that, that you're juggling? How do you build that culture? I think you start with your staff first, your staff and your board first and building the right relationships with them. Because I think it's like, a, what's the ripple effect? I uh-huh. think the ripple effect. Sure. I think if you start by building a really good, close relationship and culture internally with the people who are there working at the organization, who by the way are the ones making the impact happen, then it ripples out and it affects change everywhere. It affects the way that 
the donors interact with the organization too, the volunteers. And it affects how everyone perceives and experiences your organization. If you don't have happy people, happy staff, a happy board, things start falling apart. Negative breeds negative, positive breeds positive. Right. So that's why I would say focus first. Before you even think about the donors, are the people coming to work every day to fulfill this impact happy? And a lot of times they're not. A lot of times they're burnt out. They're underappreciated. They don't feel like their manager actually hears them and listens to them. So I actually think that that is the first place to start. And it relates back to you know your question about what do leaders need to focus on? In nonprofit space, do you think there's a little added challenge with um, budget and and being able to do those things? You, I, I I work for one cause. We happen to have an amazing leader, our CEO Steve Johns, and an amazing HR team who really invest people first. We talk about that a lot here and um, invest. And I think the mindset is if you take an exactly, exactly to a T what you're saying, if you take care of your core people, other things start to take care of themselves. But I know that there's a little bit of a budget here to help us. We, we all, for example, have um, a subscription to Calm, which is an app that starts your day and things like that. Do you think budget is a concern in the nonprofit space that they can't do these things to build their culture. And if that is, what can they do? You know, I think you said it and, and, and didn't even maybe we didn't underscore it like we should have just that simple appreciation. Thank you. Which doesn't require a budget might be a good place to start, but what other things can they do to overcome the budget issue? Yeah, that's where everyone's head always goes. Well, I can't afford that. And so then they just shut it out and then move on and they keep doing the same thing. Right. And you're saying that's a mistake. Totally. Guess what's free? A smile, a phone call, a text message, Mm -hmm. sending someone an email saying thank you. You did a good job. All that stuff is free. Yeah. All that stuff doesn't happen enough. You know, it's if you want to affect culture change, you've got to make people just feel valued and heard. And that takes time. Yes, but it doesn't take money. It just takes your time. So if you can start to free up as a leader your time in the day to do those check-ins with your people, to see how they're doing, to say hi, just send them a smiley face emoji over text and say, hey, I hope you're having a great morning. Like, How many people do that? Really? I never had a CEO that I worked directly under do that for me. So important. And as you're talking, um, visualizing, you know, a a, a small team getting smiley face emojis and having a little pep in their step. And now I can see what you're saying that leads to hmm, doing a little more with my job, doing a little extra, sending that. You know, I I could just see that ripple effect happening. So basic stuff, but so powerful, huh? Right, exactly. It's like it's it's, I think we just what happens is it is basic stuff. And when you stop and you pause to think about it and if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, duh, like it is simple stuff. But yet we get 
really in our heads about everything else going on. We get really frazzled, right? And we think, oh, I got to do this board report or I got to do this and I got to do that. And we don't take a pause to slow down, to focus on the most basic things, but the most effective things. And that's why I started this with, it's about where are you focusing? So where are you focusing your time and your energy? That those two things, now, is this something that you coach through Barlelay? Is that part of the services that you offer? Well, so we do mostly branding and marketing services. I'll say this comes up a lot as we're working through rebrands, usually. Okay. What happens? And first off, I am opening up new coaching services soon. So those are going to be coming out where you can work cool. directly with me Can't as wait. a coach. I yeah. want to be on that email thread with, with the announcement. <laughs> Don't forget. Yeah. Um, So one, it does happen naturally a lot in our engagements where I'm working one on one with a client on their brand and their marketing strategy. Usually what I find is in those engagements, we go in and we're really trying to understand their business or their organization's goals. And then we try to figure out how do we get there with branding? But a lot of times what happens is when you have those conversations, I'm like, what do you really want for your nonprofit or what do you really want for your business? And then we get into some of that coaching stuff. But yes, I, I did actually just get a coaching certification with, do you know, Mark Pittman of yeah. Concord Leadership Group? Mark, he's a great guy. He's been in the nonprofit space a lot. I just did his coaching certification mm. and I am going to be opening up new um, coaching services as well. Yeah, I think that's great because being a leader doesn't just mean checking those boxes with, you know, how, what does the board deck look like? Did I report out right? Did I, you know, did I get this tech stack accomplished? Did I, you know, th- there, there's more to being a leader and that's that human part. And I, I, lo- I just love what you're saying. It's definitely a, a great reminder. Um, so let's move to process. I guess the same thing there, you know, does budget affect the nonprofit space where they, you know, find budget of a process not possible? And I think you're going to say that's right, Dawn, you can't, you can't just say, oh, it's budget. I can't do it. You have to find a way. So how can we smooth out processes um, with everything that we're doing to focus on what, what things should we be focused on there? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. One is opening up lines of communication and making it easy for people to communicate. Um, and that can be done through process. So this is where we get usually into like the tools, How are you operating? How are you speaking every day? How are you tracking progress and accountability? Um, You guessed it. It doesn't have to cost a million dollars done. There are tools within anybody's budget. There are a ton of tools that you can even get for free. Yeah. You know, there's all sorts of freemium models on project management software right now from Asana to Trello to Basecamp to Monday. There's so many tools to a Google spreadsheet or an Excel spreadsheet that's up on your SharePoint. I'm going to guess most organizations listening to us have these basic tools. Email, Word, (laughs) and Excel. 
And if that's where you start, that's okay. So are you communicating effectively in your emails? Right, like really take a step back as a leader and start to evaluate how do you even communicate in your email to your team? Two, are you giving them a place to collaborate? This is where I actually prefer like Google Docs over words, over Word, because if you want to start to set priorities, one of the and in a cheap and quick and fast way, one of the best ways to do it is with a shared Google Doc where you start putting all of your priorities into a spreadsheet and tracking them and doing a little bit of fancy, you know, filtering effects and stuff like that in the spreadsheet. Um, Word or Google Docs, regular Word doc, start to plan out your priorities and start to determine what needs to be focused on first and what's the highest priority. And we can get into a lot of additional process tools, but I don't think we have time for that today. But the, the myth I want to break down mostly is that like this has to be expensive. It's not. It's accessible to anyone. And it's just like, you got to start somewhere. Also, like you can always evolve. So I'll give you an example. I've been using for my business a, a sales system and a CRM and some Google spreadsheets. Finally got to a point where I'm like, that's not good enough. So yesterday <laughs> I bought a CRM. Ooh. Yeah. I bought HubSpot. And you know why I bought HubSpot? <gasps> I've shopped for it a lot in my career. I was talking to our director of operations yesterday and we were like, we need a CRM. I was like, yeah, I know there's three on the list. And then 30 minutes later, I said, let's just buy HubSpot. And so we went and we bought it and now we're going to start implementing it. And I share the story because a lot of times we get, we stop the process of moving forward because we get stuck in analysis paralysis. Now, I could have gone around for two weeks and said, you know what, let's actually look at every single CRM on the market again and really evaluate the right one. And instead I said, no, it's better let's move forward. decision, get a CRM, get HubSpot. I already know it's good. I know I've used it before. I know our IT director knows it really well. And I know other people on the team probably want to learn this tool. So let's just buy it. Guess what? If it stinks, We'll throw it out the window later. We'll get a different one. We'll learn something. Yeah. But like part of the process is just trying things and doing doing something instead of being stuck and doing nothing. Publish or perish, right? Do something. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. All right. So. I guess I guess we don't want to see those stop signs. We want to, as a leader, we want to keep keep going, just keep doing something. Um, so that I think that's great advice. Let's let's move on a little to impact. When you say impact, are you talking about the story, the timeline, letting everybody know what you're doing and your why? Or are you talking about programming and where where should a leader be focused where that's concerned? It's both. It's a little bit of both. So one, I knew you're going to say that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, one is the programming. So like, okay. And this kind of goes back to the people and the process. So like, if you've got the right people and processes in place, then they can facilitate the day-to-day of the impact, right? Like the wells need to get built, right? The food needs to get delivered. The clothing needs to make it to the store. Um, 
those types of things, right? That's like kind of the the day-to-day, let's call it more operations of impact. Then absolutely it's the communication of impact. So that's more that there's the internal operations and then there's the external communication and the storytelling. And how do you tell people how they are having an impact by being a part of your impact, right? So I know you probably love getting into storytelling. We do. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know one cause does. Yeah. And y'all put out a ton of amazing stories of impact that your customers are having. And so that is important. I think a lot of times, like two, this is kind of another myth that I'll break for leaders, is I think that they think. We have to say every single thing that we do. But a lot of times. Because you're emotionally attached to the story, yeah, right? And it's hard to break that. To yeah. And of you're course. like, well, we do this and we do this and we do this and we do this and we do this. And we need to communicate all of the things. Don't try to communicate all, all of the things at once. Don't give people a book to read when you're sending them an email give them something that they can actually digest quickly and feel good about. So if you need to break down the impact into just smaller chunks and bits and bites, do that. If there's a lot that you need to communicate about your impact, great, break it down. I'm a big fan of the rule of threes where I'm like, don't give anyone anything more than we can digest three. We can digest four. Yeah. 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 Like there's, there's a science behind that, right? Like there's a reason people really smart people other than us have come up with that thing. It works. It's true. It's how our brain works. Right. So we can't digest more than three things at a time. So don't give people more, you know, but so often I see this, like these stories of impact and I'm like, Good grief. This is a novel. Yeah. I I don't have time for this. Yeah. So it makes you quickly tune out and move on to the next thing. So I'd rather see leaders think about how can they communicate their impact through quick, like bites and bits, through visualization, pictures, short videos. Doesn't have to be a long video. Doesn't even have to be a super highly produced video, but a video. Um, and things like we like to do a lot of times with our clients, what I call swipe files. You see these like on social media channels, like Instagram, where it's like, you know, you scroll, you scroll through a few little facts, you know, maybe five slides of impact facts. So just break it down. And I think that that will make it easier for people to digest and really understand the impact and then bring them into that. Make sure that they know and they are aware that they're the ones making it happen with their dollars. I love about you. You're always so on point, on trend with everything. I I just started hearing about swipe files and, you know, I've been seeing that in names of like webinars and uh, different eBooks and, you know, like your swipe file. And that's so true because we love to swipe, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. You're going to laugh at this. So I, um, for a long, like, I'll tell you about an ongoing thing where sometimes I'm like, no, like I'm, I'm an old fuddy duddy, you know, with, um, so we do a lot of social media. Personally, I have been very resistant to TikTok. I won't get into why, but okay. I just have. 
And this is an I this is something that kind of you know makes a point to leaders too. I've been really close-minded about TikTok for a long time. I tried it. At one point, I was really open-minded about it, tried it, and was like, I hate this. And I shut it out and I closed my mind to it for the last three to four years. And even told my team, we're not doing it. We're not getting into it. Don't want to do it. So time goes on. You evolve. You start to understand like, oh, maybe this is where people are and where new audiences are. And maybe I should learn it too. <laughs> yesterday. Uh-oh. What, what happened yesterday? I, new CRM, TikTok. Uh-oh. I opened up a TikTok account. Much to my, you know, <laughs> dismay. Here we go. And I got it started. You're going to be an, you're going to be a TikTok influencer in days, I bet. Probably not. But I took the step to say, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot again and I'm going to try it. And maybe that's sort of the final point, too, and kind of thinking through what does it take for a leader today to grow their organization? It's really about open mindedness to trying things to listening to your people, you know, because our creative director, she's been telling me for a while, probably got to do TikTok, Taylor. We have a new social media consultant. She's like, we should probably do TikTok, you know? And so (laughs) a lot of it is about opening up your mind and listening and giving things a try. Now I might try it again and say, you know what? I still hate this, but (laughs) that does You're so honest. (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't mean that it's bad for our clients. Maybe it's bad for me personally, and I don't need to have a personal influencer account on TikTok, but maybe our clients need it. And therefore I need to understand. Understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. I love your transparency, your honesty and your open mindedness. So in, in the, in the spirit of like moving forward and and not being paralyzed and publishing, not perishing and just doing something. How does a leader make a decision about rebranding? Because that's your specialty for sure. When When's the right time? When do you know that, okay, it's time for me to work on my brand and and, and call Taylor? Like wh- wh- what are the signs there? Well, it's always the time to work on your brand because I think a brand never ending, uh, Mm. never ending. I think it's an evolution. I don't think it's something that just gets put out there once and then never, never changes. So that's one thing. Um, But I would say if you're really considering, oh, okay, this is this is really time to rebrand things. Well, could be a couple of things. You could be looking at competitors in your space. So what are other people doing? How do their brands look? Do we look way, like way off in the distant behind from them? If so, could be time to freshen things up. Um, Another way and signs to look for are, are people just not interacting with us? Engagement. Mm. If they're not engaging, maybe there's a reason. It might be something within the brand. So the brand is an experience you paint for people. It's how people experience your organization. So a lot goes into it. I think a lot of times, you know, there's this misconception that it's your logo and your color scheme and your whatever goes into your brand guidelines. But it's really a big 
a big thing. So it could be that there's even just tweaks to make with your brand. Maybe you're just have the wrong message that you're using the wrong words. Maybe your logo looks nice and you're using the wrong words. Maybe your logo doesn't look nice and it looks like so scrappy that people don't want anything to do with you because they think you look like, I don't like you're not serious, right? People want to give to serious brands that they think are actually doing a good job. And that's something that I hear in the nonprofit sector a lot. Like, well, we don't want to look too good because then it'll look like we're spending all the money on that. Well, disagree. People Hmm. want to give to organizations that look like they've got their stuff together because Mm -hmm. they feel like, oh, they know what they're doing. They're going to make my money stretch even further. So that's really important. So I would look at, are people engaging with you? If they're not, then let's start to understand why it could be a variety of things within a rebrand effort and or are you seeing your competitors just way surpass you in terms of how they look, how they sound, how they feel, how people experience their brand? The last thing I'll give you is one simple question you could ask yourself, and that is, if I didn't, if I wasn't the leader at my organization, and I received one of our emails, or I saw something on our social mm-hmm. media, or I received something in the mail, would I give to me? Let's say I didn't know you. Let's say I wasn't the leader here. Would I give to me? Would this compel me to take any action? And if your answer is no, and you got to take a hard look at yourself, and it's not an easy thing to do, but if your answer is no, then it might be time. Yeah. Wow, that is powerful. I've heard that before, but not quite like that. You know, send it to yourself or send it to people that you know and trust or your tight circle or people outside. Just, you know, read this. Would you give um, such a so many easy things that you brought forward today that really define, you know, humility and being humble and taking care of your people. If you take care of your people, other things will take care of themselves, but give them some process so that, you know, it's easy and not difficult and um, focus on the impact and the things that matter. I mean, really, you, you just broke it down, made it easy and managed to make something that was so complex going into this podcast seem a lot easier, but of course that's your years of expertise. And uh, I know a lot of people are probably like, Oh, I need me some Taylor. So how would that happen? How do people get in touch with you if they want to know more? Because we've already consumed a half hour and I know I'm like, Oh, give me more, give me more. I know our audience is feeling the same way. So um, without giving away all your tips and secrets, now it's time to give Taylor a call. How do we get in touch with you? Sure. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Taylor Shanklin on LinkedIn. That's where I, I do a lot of my thought leadership. Uh, go to the Barlele website, B-A-R-L-E-L-E.com. If you want to learn a little bit more about what we do at Barlele, you can also go to my personal website where I put up, that's more of my growth coaching tips and tricks and ways to just get in touch with me more personally at tshank. Dot com. So T-S-H-A-N-K dot com. 
Wow. Well, somewhere on TikTok, I am. I have a YouTube. (laughs) And we're going to find you on TikTok. And I know you're always speaking someplace. You'll be you'll be over um, at the NEO conference in Kansas City uh, in September with our friends there next after. Um, We're going to miss you this year at Ray's in Chicago in September. Where else can we find you speaking um, if you have your calendar in front of you uh, between now and maybe next couple of months? Or you end know, of the year. I'm, I'm doing a bunch of webinars. I guess the best way to kind of follow along would be on LinkedIn because a lot of it's virtual now and I do a lot of webinars and stuff. Um, I am going to the NEO conference, so I'll be there. And other than that, I'm sort of on a little bit of a pause from speaking as I work on some other things. We oh, are, no, don't tell me that. You can never be on a pause from saying well, that would that would be one, that would be tragic. <laughs> You know what you can do if you're interested? I did a TEDx talk. You can go find me. Whoa, TEDx you talk. did? When was that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was in 2021. I can't even remember. The, the last few years are blurred on. Blur for uh, all of us, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did it with Linux Village TEDx. I talked about my life philosophy, minimize to maximize. So go find that and watch the TED talk. Um, oh, wait, one more uh, time. What was that? You did that TED with channel. who? And it was what? Can you repeat that for me? Yeah, if you go to the TED channel and search for my name, you'll find my TED talk. Uh, I did it with the Linux Village TEDx. Okay. And that was back in, I think it was 2021. The title is Minimize to Maximize. So if you're Googling it or going to the TED channel and looking for it, that's what you look for. Got it. Oh, I'm going to do that as soon as we get off this podcast. So cool. Well, it's always a pleasure, Taylor. Um, I love just listen. I could listen to you forever. You just have such great insights. So thank you uh, for coming back to the show and sharing a little bit more about um, what you do every day and what you believe in. And we just really appreciate having you. Thanks for having me. It's always a joy to talk to you. And I'm serious. Send me that coffee recipe. It's working for you. (laughs) I will. (laughs) All righty, Fearless Fundraisers. I am so sorry, but that's about all we have time for today with Taylor. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 1230 p.m. That's Thursdays, 1230 p.m., Eastern Time, new release drop. But in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. Find Taylor's other uh, episode with us and uh, follow the channel that you like best so you can get the notifications about new guests and upcoming shows. We know that fundraisers are doing amazing things to build better tomorrows for our communities. Stories are awe-inspiring. You won't want to miss a single episode. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Be sure to check One Cause out at onecause.com. Visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of eBooks and webinars that you'll find helpful. And you can Google Taylor Shanklin there too. We have plenty of content, collaborative content with, with uh, Taylor. A huge shout out and thanks again to Taylor Shanklin, our today's guest. We always appreciate her expert and authentic voice, Taylor Thank you. I enjoyed our conversation. Any last words of inspiration for our fearless fundraisers and our audience today? No, just go out and do you today. You know, be yourself. Do you. I find that that's usually the best way to live life and uh, become the leader that you want to be. 
You know, my, uh, I'll tell you, this is one of my favorite quotes that I got recently. Tell your brain what you want it to know. Oh, I love that. Well, we love the fact that you. And any doubt that you have, tell your brain what you want it to know about yourself and you go out and do you. Well, we love the fact that you do you. So thank you again so much. For now, that's a wrap. Until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there. 